0: We're introducing like a, a considerably greater amount of hydrostatic shock
1: mm-hmm.
0: on target, and it's devastating. Because the bullets construction is already remarkably tougher than mm-hmm. an equivalent cup and core moving at the same velocity, I'm not worried about like a core jacket separation or total delamination of the projectile.
2: What is up everybody? Lights, camera, gel. Welcome to Cartridge Talks. Fully loaded. This is the 300 WinMeg versus 308 breakdown of uh, when we actually shot the gel. Now we have the shot gel here beside us and uh, we're going to talk even more about what happened. Do we like it? Do we not like it? Do we agree, disagree? What a polarizing comparison. Let me. Uh, uh, this is what uh, my first question, Ryan. Polarizing comparison, yes. Is it even a fair comparison?
0: I think it's a good uh, exemplification of. Do you need a three hundred win mag? That's what I want to say.
2: Um, we're in the same headspace. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we edited that out.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. totally gone. I wouldn't even worry about okay. that. Uh because I think there is a lot of times yep. where a person, you know, maybe they're I shouldn't say just. Yeah. But, you know, they're they're your uh classic. Sure. You know, white tail hunter. Yeah. Not shooting at extreme ranges. Yep. Uh trying to knock down a what I would consider like a medium sized big game animal. Sure. Uh yeah, and I guess I say medium because there's pretty small ones and there's pretty big ones. Yeah,
0: you know? uh, can I can I ask a uh, for some anecdotal? Well, I mean, I'll say you know,
2: like we always probably because they're one of my favorite critters, but we talk about coos deer being like small whitetails, sure. right? Sure. But I actually this last year, uh, probably okay. Sacrilege. To shoot a whitetail in mule deer country when you have a tag mm.
0: where you could be hunting mule deer, mm. ladies uh, and gentlemen, that is proof that Mark Boardman prefers mule deer.
2: Uh not necessarily uh, contextually, but but I also feel like I did a good thing for the environment. Okay, gosh, now I'm really getting in my tr- uh, probably getting in trouble. It was uh, a a, a whitetail that, in my opinion, was on the fringe of but potentially pushing into mule deer habitat. Shouldn't be there. And so I feel like I kind of did maybe a good thing there, depending on your views of this matter. It's
0: like picking up trash.
2: That was extreme. (laughs) That was (laughs) extreme. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Anyway, so here's where I'm going, though. So that deer fooled me a little bit. That deer fooled me a little bit. I'm like, gosh, that's that's a nice white-tailed buck. Um, And, uh, man, we ended up, long story short, we got him. There, we got him. When I walked up to the deer, Ryan, I was like, hmm. I expected to see a little bit more horn sticking up, you know. You know he was on his side. I'm like, I thought there'd be a little bit more sticking up. This deer was not much different than a coos deer.
0: We call this phenomenon ground shrinkage.
2: Yeah, it was ground shrinkage, but uh, proportionally, it was a tiny deer. Sure, it was a very small deer compared to like one of our Wisconsin whitetails. Uh, Corn fed maybe that's the difference but i can tell you that the uh had you had you had the same i guess what i'll call proportionality with one of our wisconsin deer you'd been like oh yeah that's a big butt you know he's picking- maybe not a giant but a nice one right yeah. and for those, uh, for those and, listening and so let me tell you this so i was talking to another buddy of mine who hunts that region he goes oh yeah you got to be careful of that in that region because those deer Deceptive. Will, will fool you yeah. and i was like oh well I got full and big deal. At the end of the day, I shot a nice buck. You know, whatever. It was like a. It was an inter. It was. I find it more interesting than anything else. Sure.
0: Yeah. No. And I uh, handled that deer. In fact, when it was dropped off here, the skull. Oh yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's a fantastic whitetail. It's a nice buck. He's right? He's so modest.
2: But I would say considerably smaller than similar. What I would. I didn't get the deer aged. I wish I would have. But I. I sure. assume. You know. It's. Uh, probably three years old sure and like not even close to body wise or even the rack size of like a wisconsin
0: three-year-old deer. hey but you hit the nail on the head you think about a, a coos deer um which you've taken a number of a couple of them two yeah that's a number um and you shot some nice coos deer mm-hmm. they're not big itty bitty 100 pounds maybe right
2: I I I don't think one the one I shot was a little bit bigger. I honestly I think maybe a hundred pounds.
0: Okay. Right. And when you look at them, like if you were to just take a picture, like, oh, that proportionally is a great buck. hmm And you were to look, take a picture of that Montana white tail you killed, you'd be like, Oh and with no context, no frame of reference for size. Yeah. And then you were to take a picture of like uh, one of one of like Eric Barber's classic whitetails that he shoots every year. Oh, he shoots classic white tail. Mm. You, and you'd like just lay them all out. They'd be like, "Yeah, those are three great bucks." But they next to each other. You'd be like, "Baby bear, mama bear, papa bear, kind of thing." Yeah.
2: Okay. So I mean, we totally big sidetrack here, but yeah. I guess where I go with that is, you know, whitetails can definitely range in size, but I feel like there's kind of a middle ground there. They're they're a medium-sized big game animal, big sure. game animal in general.
0: What I wanted to get at is recently um, we aired a film with you in it. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. You were hunting a small subspecies of deer Mm -hmm. in a place where large carnivores inhabit. Mm -hmm. Your caliber selection for that hunt was certainly appropriate for the small species of deer, if not on the side of excessive. Sure. But also preparing you for potentially mortal combat with a bear.
2: Yeah, and we've talked about that before. Sure. Um, Yeah, you have to think about your hunt contextually as well. Correct. It may not necessarily be the critter that you're after, but the critters that might be after you. So,
0: in this instance, do you need a 300 Win Mag? I think it was an intelligent choice. Let me ask you a question. Let me tell you a question, to quote you. You've hunted that subspecies before, Mm -hmm. and you've done it with a number of different rifles. 270 yes 308 Winchester
2: oh mm-hmm mm-hmm
0: was the result any different
2: uh the result was exactly the same every time
0: okay so my point to that is it wasn't it wasn't that you brought too much gun on this event and then on the previous event you brought not enough gun you still killed the deer they still worked for that mm-hmm. if we were just you know looking at the meat that you brought home um the horn and the hide that you brought home both calibers were certainly adequate for it, and left nothing on the table. Oh, excuse me, all three calibers mm-hmm. uh, left nothing on the table.
2: Well, and then also context- contextual. So we're talking Sidka blacktails, by the way, uh, just two build times. The, just
0: build the beans just like that. Well, yeah, I'm but, just kidding.
2: So um, two times uh, in a place where there were not brown bears, True. but black bears. Yep. And then, I guess two times. One time I wasn't successful in, in getting a deer, yeah. but on a place where there were blacktails and brown bears, yeah. uh, the black bear area is where I towed, towed a, a two seventy and a three hundred eight. Yep. The brown bear area, a three hundred WSM and a three hundred Win Sure. So yeah,
0: my point is is that they both killed deer really good. Yeah, <laughs> really
2: I mean good. from a just anecdotal what happened after the shot pretty much bang flops every time
0: yeah and when you look at the two side by side they are drastically different but I'll tell you I, I don't know if you can see this we get a little floppy gel up here. The two cartridges are wildly different in physical dimension they fire the same caliber projectile you could load and fire the same bullet out of them if if you wanted um, on paper they look wildly different. Mm-hmm. In application, they're very similar. With the right bullet, they d- both do about exactly the same thing with a very m- marginal increase in performance.
2: You know... Um, At practical distances. Curiously enough, now I'd say we're going back to the Sidka Blacktail example. Yep. One of the deer was definitely significantly larger in body size, the one that I took most recently on, on that Vortex Hunts film uh it, but I will say the the deer that I shot with a two seventy was quartering hard away, yep shot it offhand probably we'll say eighty yards hundred sure. yards somewhere Boy. in there um i I cognizantly remember. so in some ways, I didn't make the best shot I cognizantly remember pulling off his front shoulder because I didn't wanna shoot him through both shoulders. Sure. Unfortunately, when I squeezed it off, I ended up hitting him in his back left rear ham, about on the knuckle. Um, and that bullet went through him. Now this would have been a, uh, this was a, uh, uh, I believe it was a federal trophy copper out of a 270. Uh, and it, man, it traversed that deer and stopped either, I think it stopped just behind his offside shoulder, sure. if I remember correctly, just underneath the height. Perfect, You, you perfect had mushroom. the for some time. Yeah, we've talked about that. That's when yeah. I actually vacuumed up in the, um, the car wash vacuum. The car wash vacuum, never to be seen again. Yes, yeah, so it was a, I knew exactly what it was when it was rattling through the oh. hose. <laughs> uh, it was a bummer. Uh, the deer this year, or last year, I guess it would have been last year, was a 300 Win Mag quartering hard too mm-hmm. almost the reverse i guess if you will uh it would have been a 180 grain uh, it's an acubond nozzler Accubond. Yep. so not a not an all copper projectile but still a, in my opinion a very tough bonded bullet a bullet built to drive uh similar functionality and that one ended up in in the back knuckle of the rear ham i found it when i was butchering the deer at my house, like doing you know final final prep to get it in the in the freezer, um, so again you've got a 270 versus a 300 Win Mag in some ways similar shots just reversed,
0: same result, same result, yeah. Bullet construction, bullet placement, that's what does it. Um, I have a similar story with 308 Winchester. I was bound and determined to catch a copper bullet in a deer. Mm-hmm. I I wanted so badly to be able to excise one just, like, subdermally and then have that perfect mushroom. Mm-hmm. To date, one I have caught, um, and that was uh, a mule deer in South Dakota that I've told this story before. Light for caliber, 130 grain barns, TTSX, from the same three oh eight that you killed the blacktail with. Cool. Um, not a long shot, 140 and change. Okay. Full frontal. Um, entered about where his clavicle would be, or the collarbone-ish. Uh-huh. Um, took a couple ribs, went through seven vertebrae. I recovered the bullet basically between the hips, um, and it weighed 129 grains. Fired was 130.
2: Yeah, I I will say the the two. No, I've recovered three copper projectiles, and I guess I'm 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 lumping in kind of your your monolithics in there as well. Maybe that's not like a whatever. Um,
0: I'll get you to shoot a Barnes, yeah.
2: But all three, I mean, they looked, they looked uh, as if we shot them through the gel here. Yeah. And they went through things that just weren't gel. Yeah. Like, they were, like, that picture-perfect, oh, let's put this in the magazine sort of mushroom, like, it was... Um,
0: Cataclysmic damage.
2: Yeah. They just, uh, they do hold together. Right bullet, right place. Okay. Um, anyway. Well, and all three of those shots were, like, hard-quartering, going through the, a lot of the animal type of shots. Sure. Um Okay. Have we gotten anywhere yet?
0: No, we haven't. Um because I'm still, you know, is this is this a comparison between two cartridges or is this a debate on whether or not a 300 Win Mag is excessive or a, a 308 is uh, anemic? And um when this one came up on the cartridge pairings, I thought, "Oh boy. We're at the kind of top of the scale for what is considered a classic magnum." And for some, On the bottom of the scale for what is considered adequate for big game. Mm -hmm. Um, Personally own, load, and shoot both cartridges. They have not dissimilar applications, but I'm using them for different reasons. Uh, One of the reasons why I would be toting a three hundred Winchester into the field is exactly what you brought one to Alaska for, for the blacktail. It's not just for blacktail. The second thing is like my critter scale right mm-hmm. so i don't i don't really hunt elk i apply for a lot of elk units and never draw um but if i did and the choice was on the table between 308 winchester and, and 300 win mag i'm i'm picking the 300 win mag Me I, as well i want the ability to drive a heavier weight very tough likely copper or a bullet like an Accubond or a swift shirako 2 or um, a terminal ascent very very rugged projectile Deep, 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 and through a lot of tissue. The 300 Win Mag is going to do a better job of this. This is un- unquestionable, right? So, mass and velocity and all that. Um, the reason I carry a 308 Winchester is it's it's docile nature, relatively. Mm-hmm. It's portability. Mm-hmm. So, that Kimber that I talk about all the time weighs nothing. I mean, it's like a broomstick. Um and it's extremely adequate. And the question that I guess I have for myself is, would I shoot an elk with a 308 Winchester? And my short answer is, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. With the right bullet in the right place. At the right distance. Correct. Considering the cartridge's like strengths and weaknesses, I think it's a bang-up option. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got the gun thinking, one of these days, I'm going to do an interior caribou hunt where my weight of my whole system will be a precedence. It's marginal for large carnivores, but better in my head, true or otherwise, for, um, we'll just say bear defense than say a 6.5 Creedmoor or a 7mm 08 or something else that would be adequate for like a caribou. Mm -hmm. Um, I also thought, you know, it's just such a, a handy rifle to carry. And because I shoot it well, because it doesn't have the recoil that a 300 Win Mag does, I can put that bullet confidently where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. So they both do the same thing in a different way. The 300 Win Mag is bringing a little bit more snooze to the table. The 308 is providing a little bit more leniency um, or shootability, if we want to call it that, uh, for the application. So mm-hmm. they both do the job. Hell, Erin and our uh, apparel team, she killed a bison with that rifle. Do you recall it what at what range? She was about 80 yards, okay. or 80 to 85 yeah. yards. 130 grain barnes ttsx again folded it like a five dollar tent she made an exceptional shot on it she hit that thing square in the heart and like landing gear up nose in the dirt and one of my favorite hunting pictures i've ever seen is she's holding the heart and it i mean just like pile drove right through it yeah and um she caught some flack from from the folks that she was hunting with like that's a marginal caliber for that application like i don't think this will work they wanted her to shoot a 300 wind mag or a forty five seventy or something big. And I looked at that as a, like a recipe for disaster. Um, cause she's not a, she's not like a, a very large, petite. yeah, very small gal. And I wanted her to be confident in it. And she shot that 308 like crazy. She shot it so good and absolutely smoked that animal. I think because she had a lot of confidence in the rifle mm-hmm. because of the time that we spent on the range and how comfortable she became with it in short order. Um, had I started her off with a 300 Winmeg, I think some flinches and some bad habits and some, some fear would have been brought into the equation. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a hell of a tool for the job. There's no question about that. 100%. Yes.
2: But again, you for, know.
0: For her, it was a better option to go with a 308. And the result was fantastic. She gave me a sum of bison meat afterwards, and mm, okay. I ate good, it Okay. a good
2: deal. One thing I, I think that's worth pointing out, and and I... You alluded to this a little bit earlier, or at least mentioned it. Is distance right? Sure. And so, and I'll, I'll also say, one of the reasons why I didn't bring up the uh, the Sitka Blacktail that I shot with that three hundred eight was the bullet construction. Yeah. So the, the bullet construction of that bullet did it do the job? Famously, yes. I mean, shot the buck tipped over. I, I want to say that was like two hundred two hundred thirty yards or something somewhere around there. Um. So a little bit longer than some of these other shots, but the bullet was more, it wasn't like a bonded bullet or an all-copper. So I didn't feel like it was like a fair comparison. Now I'll say this, the result was exactly the same. Um,
0: And that came from bullet placement. Right.
2: Yeah. Um, Now, as far as shot distance goes, a a lot of the cartridges we talk about, the ones on the table included, they do great we're talking about a lot of the performance inside of 100, or 100 yards are inside. I mean, even even our shot testing in the gel is done at 100 yards, right? A lot of things do a bang-up job at 100 yards. Uh, again, like, are you going to tell the difference, you know? Mm, no, but you start stretching that, right? And we talked about this in the video. The 300 at distance is going to do a better job, Oh, it's, my
0: it's eating the 308's lunch. Right. Absolutely.
2: So if you anticipate... Or you know, commonly shoot at game at some of those distances. Like it's it's a way better
0: choice. That's the cartridge for you. No question about it. Right. So
2: I think I just think it's we, it's worth acknowledging that like a lot of things, a lot of cartridges look great at 100 yards.
0: They do. Yep. And on paper, right. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a thousand percent true. Um, or even inside 300 yards. Correct. Right. Yeah. The, the differences are pretty darn marginal, and so you know, when we do this test, we go out to 500 because beyond that line, we're starting to talk about long range, right? Mm-hmm. You, you and I have both occupied that space. Um, we both did it with equipment that was tailored to occupy that space, to include the projectile selection, to include the rifle system, to include the optic and even the shooting position. I mean, everything was tailored for that. Um, but at, at 500 yards, I, I would say with these two cartridges, beyond 300 yards, you start to see a very distinct advantage to the 300 Winchester Magnum, and that should mm-hmm. be anticipated, mm-hmm. right? It's more power, maybe. Um, Love it. I know it. And and so yeah, that's absolutely viable. Um, that statement, 100. percent I'll still hunt the 300 or the 308 Winchester to about 500, right? Um, Mm -hmm. because beyond that, I'm kind of out of gas with the bullets that I shoot, not kind of, I am out of gas. Mm Um, I'm, I'm towing that threshold of, uh, velocity required to initiate like proper and, and, um, you know, I think ethical mechanical expansion, that projectile, Mm -hmm. if I go beyond that, I'm running a risk of not deploying the bullets that I shoot. I could change that. I could switch to a different bullet that has a, a, you know, I'm going to use the word frangible, but I don't want to say that I'm hunting with frangibles, but a like more frangible nature mm-hmm. where it's going to come apart at a lower velocity. And then I I change the dynamic quite a bit, but because I shoot more in that 300 or in range. Right. Why bother? Right.
2: Well, and you're kind of hedging your bets for what you encounter more
0: often. Sure. Yep. And... I mean, there I've said this a million times. There's only been a handful of instances in which I've had a shot opportunity that could be taken with the rifle system, with the shooting position, with the game animal, with the environmentals in the train, That would be over five. And I'm talking like a handful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I've shot a lot of critters in states and regions uh, that we would otherwise expect you'd be up a creek with anything other than a 300 Win Mag. Mm-hmm. So um, hunting style or just luck or opportunity or whatever... Yeah. So enough about that. Should we extract some bullets? Yeah. Just dig them out. We
2: have. Oh, uh, wait. um,
0: Caveats. The bullets aren't the same weight in their respective constructions. They are appropriate for the caliber as commonly found. Okay. Fair enough. Cool. How do you want to do this one, Mark? Yeah, I mean, there's
2: definitely ways to... And, and this is this comes up in the comments, and it's definitely valid, right? Oh, yeah. And we kind of caveated true. this in in a past episode as well. There are ways to, I guess, in some ways, make a more fair comparison, right? When you're talking, you know, grain weight, sectional density, things like that, right? And and there are some, uh, I guess, some physics, if you will, involved that, yes, that, that becomes like a more fair comparison, but... Our goal is to theoretically, you know, pick kind of like that common weight used. Yes. So a person goes, well, I saw this one that the one that I would have picked to shoot out of a 308 did this. The one that I would have picked to shoot out of a 300 did this. Now yeah. maybe I can make a more informed decision. Sure. Or as is often the case, uh, you're left with more question marks.
0: Right. Very true. So on the table, we're shooting the cup and core option. These are federal power shocks, 150 and 180 grains respectively, 150 in the 308, of course, 180 in the 300 wind mag. There's a big difference here. Um, if, we're, if we're looking at uh, penetration and wound cavity as the metric to score these two on. So from the camera's perspective, when you're looking at the uh, wound cavities right away, if you can't see this, I'm going to try to do my best to explain this. The 308 uh, is a absolutely fine... Wound channel. When you look at it, it looks exactly like what we would expect. It's very textbook. There's not a lot of secondary fragmentation. This is, I think, a function of velocity mm-hmm. um, and just actually material. So the more material that's up front, the more material we have an opportunity to deposit. It's also hitting the block considerably slower than the 300 wind Mag, but its wound cavity is good. It's it's deep. It's wide. Um, carries on. We got about a, a little over 18 inches of penetration. Conversely. The three hundred win mag, from the camera's perspective, it actually looks a little smaller. It's not; it's definitely bigger. There's no question about it. We're getting a considerable amount of secondary coming off of uh, the three hundred win mag, and again, much higher impact velocity, more material up front, and it's it's showing up in the block. We're seeing, you know, what looks like a, a when a firework goes off, and there's the little bits radiating out, uh, very distinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Throughout penetration, almost ten inches more. Mm-hmm. So right away, the analysis is yeah, the three hundred wind Mag with more mass and velocity has got more power. There's there's just no debating that mm-hmm. at all. Now we've done a lot of other cartridges in this test, and that eighteen inch mark has been something that we've been able to achieve handily with a lot of other things. We've deemed it adequate. Um, folks in the comment section have said, hey, you know. That's perfect. We're probably catching that bullet inside of that animal. There's a tremendous amount of trauma and dump of energy into that critter. Grand. Um, I, you know, I'm a big proponent of, of of penetration and seeing it go deeper. I like that. Mm-hmm. that. That sits well with me.
2: Yeah, I do find it interesting. Um, if I was going to use this style of bullet. Yeah. and And this comes into the conversation in the comments and it's something that we talk about and think about all the time. Yeah if i was dead set on using this style of bullet uh even for you know deer sized game at you know moderate to long distances i actually would probably lean towards the 300 oh, yeah. because i i do like that extra uh penetration yeah uh on like you know a harder quartering shot now i'll say this it is interesting also like you said significant i mean you go you have basically no fragmentation mm-hmm. in the 308 and i and i would say that's substantial in the 300. Yeah. Now that said, when we weigh that, i bet it will be you know, this is a 180. Yeah. I bet should we take a bet? Should we do a uh, how We're much do you, you how much do you think that's going to how much do you think that 300 is going to weigh post uh mortem here?
0: Let me just take in a set. What are we betting?
1: Uh,
2: I
0: got one set of carbon climbing sticks. No.
2: How about a soda or I don't drink soda anymore. Neither do I, unless I'm with you. Bubbly water, <laughs> sure. I'm going to say. By and large, I, I, there are exceptions.
0: I'm going to say, one hundred and fifty-five grains. One fifty-five. Yeah, I'm going to say. I'm glad you let me go first.
2: I'm going to say one fifty.
0: Okay, I'm going to give the three hundred eight one hundred and forty-two point seven.
2: One forty-two.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm
2: going to say the 150 is uh 143. Oh god. Mark. Did I just did I just price it yeah, right? Yeah, you just yet?
0: Prices right in me on both of them. So here's a here's a uh
2: I went under and over.
0: Okay. By uh like a 3 tenths grain margin. We're going to Okay, I'll, then
2: I'll say I'm going to say 145 okay. on that and and be easy on it with that knife,
0: god, would you? Mark, look, I'm not a surgeon. Well, I
2: think now you're, I heard that. Yeah, you don't worry about that. You worry about that little guy. Don't make me go back to my previous guess. Do you need the
0: pincers? Uh, I need the pincers, uh, need pincers extraction you tool. You want the longies? Yeah, yeah.
2: Can I provide some sort of resistance? Yeah, we need
0: a little structure there, Marco. I'll lean into it. Thanks, bud. You're always there to help me when we're trying to pull a bullet out of a cavity. (laughs) I'm going to let you uh, clean that up while I do a simultaneous extraction on the 300 Winchester's projectile. Okay.
2: I'm going to say I'm ready. Now, I will say, maybe I'll hold up for the camera, or this overhead camera can see. Definitely pulled out a substantial amount of... Goo? Gel material from the uh, inside of the mushroom of the bullet. Okay. Uh, But we're pretty darn clear right now. I don't see any, eh, nothing meaningful.
0: So Mark is going to weigh the 150 grain federal power shock as fired from the 308 Winchester.
2: Correct. And what did I say? I uh, you said... said about
0: 143. I said 142.7. Okay. I was. Then thinking... I think I changed to 145, but. Oh my, 148.7. Look at that.
2: And that's with uh, this little piece that
0: yeah came out fell out, cool, so we lost you know nominal, not much, but there's no bone in these jellos. this is true, three hundred winchester okay what did you what did you say one forty eight point seven
2: and what what did I say?
0: you said one forty three you were closer your price is right
2: no, 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 I'm talking about the three out of the three hundred though that's a 180 oh, I yeah. Said I that said
0: one fifty five you said like one fifty seven Pick another
2: number. Okay. I'm gonna say that I think that lost I'm gonna say one thir- one fifty. Okay. I'm gonna say it lost thirty grains. Cool.
0: One twenty. Wow. Wow. This is why I don't feel judge white tails or mule deer. So it lost a lot of weight. Um it, it shed sixty grains. I uh, okay. So it
2: did. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, it lost a lot of weight. Created a lot of, uh, you know, the uh, permanent wound cavity. Oh, yeah. Secondary uh, fragments. Was and there? and all of those secondary fragments are in a spot where I'd say, like, if that was like a a broadside shot. Yeah. Or something similar. Um, Cataclysmic. I mean, ugh, right? Ugh is right. And maybe not even a broadside shot. I mean, like, this, is, this gel is probably more resistance than a deer. Uh... I don't have the science to back that up. I don't know. Once you get through that, I'm talking, let's say you punch that behind the shoulder, purely broadside, right in the lungs, did not hit a rib. I don't know, You've man. got the hide, which is like tough but elastic.
0: Very tough. But then you're into goo. That's true. But you're in varying tissue density. There's a big difference between adipose tissue, muscle, muscle tissue, um, cartilage, and then fluids. Fluids do incredible things.
2: Yeah. Either way, I'd say that bullet ends up at its furthest point in the animal or the gel uh, with 120.3 grains left. Um, You know, I mean, some of your fancy copper bullets that you like to fire out of your 6.5 Creed don't start too far from that. No,
0: some of them are that. That that sparks a great debate. What is better? A bullet that retains its mass through the entirety of its traversing the body cavity, or one that loses its mass as it's going through. That's the classic Ford Chevy. Uh
2: <laughs> I mean I have the answer as it pertains to trucks. I don't what the uh
0: I like more mass. So winner of this race. That's a hard to call. I mean, 308 was totally adequate. 300 wind mag, definitely more disruptive to be anticipated, I believe. I don't think there's any debating it. Both would have killed a, you know, 300 pound or less critter, I think, pretty handily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 308 is going to be um, maybe not as good for heavy bone and muscle.
2: Mm -hmm. It's interesting to see the difference of of the mushrooming, you know, and again, uh, the three Oh eight lower velocity, uh, you know, massive expansion and maintains that, that, that mushroom, right. Where, you know, the 300, uh, I'm sure at one time during the process looked uh, similar to the three Oh eight, but lost, definitely lost material folded back on itself. Um,
0: as designed right yeah, i mean yeah. it's,
2: we're not seeing something there that you know wasn't supposed to happen or or would be surprising
0: the 308 winchester's projectile expanded to a maximum diameter or i should say was recovered recovered yes at a maximum diameter of 0. 0.8870 inches that's a big that's a big uh that's a big meat catcher <laughs> The 300 Winmeg's maximum diameter as recovered. This is going to be a tough pick. So it's about a half inch, depending on how you measure it. I'll give it 0.6175. Uh, there's like a little pedal hanging off the bottom there, okay. 0.6175. But, Mark, to your point, at one point in time, the 300 Winchester's diameter was greater than it was recovered, um, and that is because it had more time in the block Went through more material, um, encountered more resistance and friction, thusly pushing those pedals back, removing material. I'd say from. A more,
2: more violent entry into the block.
0: That's very true. Um, yeah. Okay. Copper.
2: Let's go. Oh, how the turntables, Mark. You, uh, you run the turntables a little bit in your little,
0: day? Which, which, which.
2: Were you going to raves, Ryan?
0: Never been to a rave.
2: I went to one. It was bizarre. It was a bizarre experience. Uh, closest thing. Not because of my mindset. Actually, I was the only one probably with a clear mindset, yeah. which made it just, honestly, I, it was unenjoyable.
0: Yeah. No, not, not necessarily my cup of tea, I suppose. Um, tool concert. Whew. Unreal.
2: Why have, the, why have the turns tabled, Ryan? Well,
0: well because we switched to homogenous bullet construction, and we have dramatically different results.
2: I mean, this really is an example. We talk about it all the time. We probably yeah. see it. We see it every time yeah. we, we do these comparisons, uh, uh, just how monumental bullet construction can be and how it can affect or impact a bullet's performance. Now, I'm I'm going to say something here, Ryan. Please do. Maybe I brought this up before. Maybe I didn't. But I do feel like we are... And I've seen this in the comments too, and I agree. In the comparisons we've done thus far, with like your, I'd I'd say your your typical cup and core, and then we go to a you know homogeneous projectile. We're leaving out, in my important, in my opinion, the very important, more than middle ground of like a bonded bullet. Oh yeah. So there, I've said it. It's out there because oh, yeah. I feel like that's extreme. I feel like we're showing the opposite two ends of the spectrum, yep. and then when you get into bolts that we mention often, uh, and I'll go through, you know, uh, Swift Scirocco uh, your your, your Nosler uh, Acubons, things of that nature, you're getting a lot of, uh, in my opinion, the best of both worlds there. I,
0: I would agree with you wholeheartedly. In fact, our very own Travis Jones just returned from the dark continent of Africa, and he piled a critter up with a Scirocco, too. And this morning when I was having him regale the mm-hmm. events of the hunt, he's like, you ever shot a Scirocco? I said, yeah. yeah. That's a good bullet.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I think he I think he dumped a, a Gemsbuck with it and a Kudu.
2: Fairly large critters. Yeah, yeah. Not giant, but yeah, like, you know. Elk-sized.
0: Ish. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, that's cool. It's a good bullet. I've shot a handful of things with uh, Swift Shiracos out of my yacht 6 and then, actually, uh, one was that whitetail that we were talking about, that petite Western whitetail that I shot. Uh, oh, was that one that, in
0: Montana was a Swift?
2: It was, yeah. Oh. So, it was out of uh, a 6.5 RPM. Good heavens. Yeah. So. A high-stepping cartridge, yeah. for sure, for
0: 6.5. For those not watching. Um, here's what I see different immediately between, aside from depth of penetration, which is a debated uh, merit of, of a bullet, but between the cup and core and monolithic bullets, mm-hmm. what what we have observed in doing this test quite a bit, it seems like some of the monolithics actually expand before the cup and cores. Um, some, I think in general, most of them are, are Beginning to deploy a little bit sooner, depending on their construction. Um, Let me ask you this. Would you say that's the case in this example? Um They're pretty close. I
2: think they're fairly close. Uh,
0: I've seen when we have shot specifically the Barnes TSXs. Okay. They are opening notably sooner.
2: Well, and I'd say that's a... That's Beginning. That's a little bit softer of that style of projectile, yes? Yes, that is a
0: a pure copper versus a a gilding metal alloy.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So, stands to reason. Yes. Why I like this is I'm introducing higher levels of trauma sooner into the body cavity. Two, their wound cavities seem to be more uniform and, in general, a bit bigger. I think you're losing... The secondary fragmentation, and I, I, in general, I agree with secondary fragmentation being a, mer- a merit, right? So anytime we're, we're moving another projectile through that body cavity, we're introducing another opportunity for an artery to be hit. Um, we're going to disrupt or destroy some sort of vital structure within there. You only get one with most of these monolithics, right? Um, they're observable permanent wound cavities longer yes and then i'm not going to call it a secondary because it's not but like the tube formed behind the bullet could be better described as a much narrowed permanent wound cavity in comparison to the cup and cores that we fired in that you can see a very faint line of bubbles in the gelatin behind the cup and cores with all of the monolithics we've tested, except for some lower velocity applications, okay. we see what looks like a cord-out hole behind it. And what's actually happening here is, like, one of these projectiles is erasing material from the inside of there. It's like the adhesion to the rest of the block, it's, it's destroyed that completely. I've used the term before, ninja bullet blender, going through that animal. And that's, that's absolutely trauma. Like, that is cutting things away. Tearing things away, liquefying things. Uh, And then, of course, we have uh, greater depth of penetration. So if you're on the fence thinking that, like, I don't want my bullet to go deep because it's wasteful, I I have to respectfully disagree because I think that what's happening in the space while it's in there is dramatic. Okay, sure. Necropsies that I've done, so this is just my cake, they're wild, what they do on the inside of things when placed in the right spot at the right distance and velocity band. Um, That's not to dismiss like a bullet that, that really does come apart intentionally or otherwise. Like now all of a sudden you've got a hand grenade going off inside of that chest cavity. And that is wild. Things just turn to soup. Right. Yeah. And both end up in a dead critter. There's an insurance policy on board. I think shooting these bullets within their respective range of operation. Right so i love broadside shots every single time that is my preference sometimes it doesn't happen um, i have the confidence in these projectiles having taken a number head of game with them that if i have that less than optimal angle frontal quartering away or hard quartering of any angle i can get to the good stuff with minimal deflection with massive weight retention um, and put that hard object through soft things where it needs to go um Something notable about their penetration, they really ended up almost identical. So 34 and a quarter ish to 35. 300 wind mag ekes it out a little bit. 15 more grains of mass in the 300 wind mag. Mm-hmm. The 308 trajectory through the block took a steep dive. And I think that as it deployed and started to shed energy and shed velocity, it followed some path of least resistance, whatever it is. We've speculated on this that we think that like the block lift is possibly. Oh, sure. Yeah, a lot's regret. happening there. Yeah. Sure. W what, what we don't have is equipment sensitive enough to measure. You know, the time it takes for that projectile to get from the face of the block to its at rest position at 34 inches, and the amount of lift mm-hmm. that the block has, and and I don't I don't know that I disagree with it, and I also don't know that I buy it. Um, I think what's happening is. It's dumping what it's got and then all it's got left is that nosedive course through it. Um and it is an interesting material to shoot into. It it does seem different and it is mm-hmm. uh than live tissue. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure.
2: It'll be interesting to see, you know, I'd say by and large, if not with all, yeah. and we talked about this before, even ones that I've recovered from animals that are going through, you know, various median Medium, mediums throughout the animal, um, but uniform expansion. They, yep. look, they look textbook. I'll be curious to pull this one and see if maybe there's uh, a variance there that caused it to, you know, push kinda one go, way or the other.
0: Kind of yeah. go a little glonky. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we? We shall. So this one, Mark, this is going to be a two-handed operation. If you want to, I might be able to excise it from this side. Just basically, oh, yeah, oh, i will pull it right out. boy. Basically, this bullet stopped in the gel on top of the table surface. I think if the table was not there, it would have left the block.
2: Correct. I think the resistance of the table kept it in the block.
0: It didn't hit. Look at that. It didn't hit the table, per se. Like, it didn't, like, encounter the surface of the table. It's still residing within the gelatin. But I think the table is why it stopped.
2: There. I'm probably blocking everybody's view. Uh but I would say my uh, my potential hypothesis of it, you know, whatever, losing a pa- a petal or something like that, that would cause it to deviate from its straight line path is unfounded, this thing looks. All right, and we're back. We're back. We've extracted the copper projectiles. Uh, this is always boring because you're
0: like, yep. They held all their weight. <laughs>
2: they, they held all the weight, all their weight. What the other interesting thing is, I think, because of the way they expand, you know, so uniformly compared to the cup and cores, yeah. Uh, they don't uh, attract the amount of uh, gel. Yeah. You, you know, they come out pretty darn clean. Yeah. Uh, Get a little detritus under the, the curls. Nothing meaningful on the one that
0: that I had here. So we observed effectively the same. Penetration, plus minus three-quarters of an inch. Advantage, 300 Win Mag. Um, expansion is on the 300 Winchester Magnum, 6.170. 6.170.
2: Or
0: .6170. 6.1. <laughs> Get this guy off the air. .6170. <laughs> you know, I, here's the worst part. I wasn't really question, Like I was like, Notable advantage, uh, 0. .5715. So, advantage 300 Win Mag. I'd be curious to look at the nose cone of that bullet and, like, understand a little bit of the internal geometry that's going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll say this. They well, both... I mean,
2: you're looking at 180 versus 150.
0: That's true, yeah. Uh, um, so, like, I guess what I'm talking about is from from... Tip to ogive to where the the shank of the bullet starts. So like the ogive terminates and we run into shank.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I, I think there's certainly more material on the uh, 300 Winchester, sure. right? And so that's why perhaps we get a little bit more expansion. So they both have a cavity running down just into the shank a little bit. And I wish I had a good like a probe that I could use to measure the the depth of that cavity sure. expanded, but. I think maybe I'm just working on a a pipe dream here. Okay, Mario, let's hinge our bets.
2: Okay. Uh, Okay. Uh, I think they're basically both going to be Sands two grains. Oh, okay. You took
0: took my number, so we'll start 165 Federal Trophy Copper as fired from 308 Winchester. 164.7. Okay. Uh, 180-grain Trophy Copper as fired from 300 Winchester Magnum. 179.1. So, you know, we'll just say that the tip weighs a little bit less than a grain, I guess. So there you have it, copper projectiles. You know I love them, but we can't stress enough. Respect the way they work. Uh, Don't shoot them at distances that are lower than the minimum posted velocity for reliable mechanical expansion. Correct. Um, Understand that a projectile like the cup and core might give you a little bit more leniency if if you're in a spot where a secondary projectile might be the difference between you're following a trail mixed of blood and food um, or just a, you know, yeah. dead critter. Um, they're unforgiving both ways, on target and two shooter, if we don't meet the criteria needed for proper function. But I think these things are are great. I love love the way they look. They just look absolutely beautiful when they come out. They look exactly like I want a projectile to look when they come out, like little flowers in a field.
2: Is that, uh, are those just um, like human nature attributes of the way that we just like things to look, though? Symmetry.
0: Yeah, I think so. Unless you're into like uh, abstract art. I'm not. Typically, I'm not either. It depends on what it is. Um, I'll say this about copper projectiles, and and we've we've talked a lot now and evolved maybe our, I guess, approach or attack angle on the discrepancies between bullet weight and things like this and figures like, you know, sectional density, et cetera. I've noticed something interesting with copper projectiles in my use with them. Um, When I first started with them, I was loading like appropriate weight, great weight, equivalence, right? So if I was shooting a hundred and sixty-five grain oh,
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: cup and core, I started shooting a one sixty five copper. What I've evolved into is actually going down in grain weight for caliber.
2: Which you are gaining velocity. Velocity. Potentially, depending on what you got going on there. I so. think
0: most definitely. So the I guess a better question for me is would I shoot a hundred and sixty five grain trophy copper for deer? Or would I shoot one hundred and thirty grain copper like a Barnes TTSX? Oh, mm -hmm. my answer is the one hundred and thirty.
2: Out of what cartridge are you speaking? Three
0: hundred eight. What I've observed is at higher velocity, we're we're introducing like a a considerably greater amount of hydrostatic shock
1: Mm -hmm.
0: on target, and it's devastating because the bullet's weight is already, or excuse me, bullet's construction is already remarkably tougher than Mm -hmm. an equivalent cup and core. Moving at the same velocity. I'm not worried about like a core jacket separation or total delamination of the projectile, um, you know, catastrophic uh, with a negative impact um, Mm -hmm. to like breaking up. Like that 130 is 130 through and through. Mm -hmm. That combination for me has been wildly effective. Um, and, And I've done that like 300 Weatherby, 300 Short Mag. What velocity are you k- cranking that thing at? So, out of my 308 with the standard length barrel on it, 22 inch gun, I'm getting about uh, 3150. 3150. Yep. Okay, Hold on. A so, for context, 130 grain, 270. Average velocity is like 30, 50, 30, 60.
2: All right, you're twisting up my brain here a little bit, but so okay. Here's where I'm going to go. Here's where I'm going to go with sure. this. Sure. So the um, the 301 mag. In the uh, with your one eighty grain traditional cup and core, uh, box posted velocity twenty nine sixty, right? So you're you're right in there with the velocity with your one thirty grainer. Well,
0: I'm notably higher. But
2: in this example that we have here, and I'm going to quote our numbers that I don't exactly, but I think was it one hundred and twenty grains yeah, at about, final rest? About
0: one twenty final rest.
2: So if you're pushing that one thirty grainer or
0: is it 130? Yep, One, 130 TTSX.
2: At around that three grand mark. 3,150. At 3,150, so even, you know, I'm sorry. Um, and maintaining that 130 grains throughout, are you getting the same performance as the 300 Winmeg with a cup and core?
0: Well, so there's a... You're part, not
2: hitting with as much mass. No,
0: definitely not. You're, the energy and the mass will be lower. Uh, what and
2: obviously, we don't have an example to see what the penetration is sure. like either in front of us. But so it's just kind of I've only re- rattled around in my head
0: there. I've only recovered one of those bullets, and that's one of my favorite 30 caliber hunting bullets, like mm-hmm. that one specifically. I've recovered exactly one Barnes bullet from a dead animal, and it was that one. And that was after somewhere between 36—I don't know, however long a mule deer is from brisket to hips.
2: Okay. Yeah. Right.
0: And I mean, inside of him was just. Gonzo, it was it was rough. Um, he was he was in a bad way when I split him open. Um, there's a part of terminal ballistics that can't adequately be expressed as a figure on paper, um, and I don't know if you want to call it like how things die or why things die. And there's a lot to that. That it's kind of like my new point of fascination. Like I can look at trajectory, I can look at drift, I can look at energy um, or velocity maintained or retained at at a given distance and and really get a good kind of abstract of how that cartridge is going to perform there. But how an individual bullet does a specific thing when it encounters that that critter and and how it actually turns the lights off and like what is the mechanism from a, a, a physiological standpoint that is more effective or less effective is is a bit of a question mark for me in a lot of ways and again anecdotal I have found that speed does in fact kill and it you tow a line it's like okay the faster we push a bullet the more chance we have to like disrupt its path um, delaminate it in mm. um, and, and like go backwards where we're Possibly risking actually short penetration. And we kind of actually see this with the 300 wind mag and the trophy copper. So we only had one bullet exit a block. And that was at 30 yard six. Right. And it was going slower than this one. The 30 odd six weighed less. And that 30 odd six was going slower. Mm-hmm. And it made it through the block. The 300 wind mag, every time we fired a copper projectile into it, it stopped.
1: Mm-hmm. So the
0: faster we push something, the more energy it sheds in a shorter amount of time as it's going through a medium of some kind, right? And that's why the 300 wind are stopping. The odd sixes are passing through, right?
2: Now, I will say, I mean, are these blocks theoretically identical? Yes, but they're not. I mean, they- No, no, no mean,
0: there's density variance. They
2: all came from the same spot. There's yeah. density variance. There's, I, I, I'm sure there's some weight differential there. I mean, they're all very similar. So it, get, it's an interesting- um, observation Observation, but i don't think we can use that one instance as you know 100 percent concrete because like the the projectile that did exit i mean we found it It yeah barely correct so it was almost i would say like identical
0: yeah but it but we theorized even before we shot the 300 wind magnet that higher muzzle velocity and higher um, yes impact on target velocity was actually going to stop it sooner and it did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and we've shot a lot more 300 wind Mag into the Jello than we have the Ot 6 Yes. And we've recovered every copper. This is true. Yeah. So I guess what my whole point is on that is if if shooting copper, a lot of times you're going to have a uh, like a downturn in performance figures like ballistic coefficient, right? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're not, they don't have as high BC as a comparably lengthed cup and core or bonded or any anything that has otherwise a bimetal construction. So like a lead and copper lead and gilding metal construction so you take a hit from a trajectory standpoint because your bc value is lower and what i found is that by going down in grain weight yes i'm i'm also proportionally lowering my bc value but i'm upping my velocity fairly exponentially mm-hmm. i'm negating a lot of the losses that i have in bc points with by that
2: gaining velocity correct And And then having enough of what you deem as adequate performance at the distances you intend on shooting game.
0: Correct. Yeah. And then on impact, they have been really wild when they're hitting stuff. I mean, they crunch stuff hard uh, when you get that velocity up there. And I, I think, you know, something you have to be cognizant of, and we'll say it for the fifth time on this recording, is like they only work so far with respect to velocity like there's a minimum um and if you if you breach that minimum you're not going to get the expansion that we're seeing here Mm -hmm. that should be an expectation having that higher velocity um helps ensure that at of greater distance you have the velocity required to initiate expansion now if you go up in mass in these that threshold lowers a little bit and then, okay, yeah, just because they've got more driving force behind them, um, and they'll they'll pop open a little bit. And then, individual designs also dictate a kind of a differential in this. So that is to say, like, so I shoot the one hundred and thirty grain Barnes TTSX out of 30 out six, three hundred wind Mag, three hundred Short Mag, and three hundred Weatherby. Um, that bullet has a a higher minimum than the one hundred and seventy five grain LRX. Which is another Barnes product, but has a different nose construction. Okay. Um, and mm-hmm. they, they seem to do better at lower velocities. Right. There will be a trade-off there. Like I can shoot and have shot the 175 LRX out of my 308. My launch velocity is anemic. Um mm-hmm.
1: it, it mm-hmm. ends up
0: it ends up about the same. It, it's it's like my launch velocity is lower by hundreds of feet per second. My Minimum velocity to expand, and my minimum velocity to expand with a higher um, velocity loading. The 130, they're not terribly disproportionate. And Maybe 308 is a bad example. 300 Win Mag would probably be a better one because you can drive a 130 TTSX, you know, in, oh, into gosh. some pretty serious territory. 3400 feet per second wouldn't be out of the wouldn't be out of the equation. Run those numbers concurrent with like a, a 175 LRX, 130 TTSX. And I think you're going to find an advantage to the LRX in that context mm-hmm. at distance. At distance, right. Yeah. Um, but it's an interesting thing to try. If you're thinking about copper, go down a grain weight, or like respectively, right? So I'm not telling you, oh, you can only shoot the 130s, because I've also shot the 150s, 165s, and 168s. Um, actually out of my three hundred windbag, I shoot 190s more more often than not. Oh wow. Yeah. So the one ninety LRX. I've been very impressed with the performance of that.
2: Do you know offhand what your launch velocity is there? Oh,
0: uh, it's right at three grand. Well, that sounds spicy. It is spicy. Handful of gun. Mm, I like it. Yeah. So something to consider if you're considering copper. Yeah. Step down.
2: Yeah, I think that's uh I think that's uh, a good tip, something to think about for
0: sure. So in our musings and ramblings here, Mark, have we answered any questions?
2: Both cartridges are incredibly adequate. Yep. You know, I don't think it's rocket surgery. I'm still picking the big one to shoot big things or be in country where big things live.
0: Yep. Or or if if you were going on a coos deer hunt, we should do that, by the way. Um yeah. if you're going on a coos deer hunt and there's a high likelihood that you might have to take a 300 to 600 yard shot. I don't think that's out of the realm of normalcy.
2: I've shot two. Yep. with the rifle.
0: Yep. One was
2: right at 4, the other was 525.
0: Yep. A 300 Winchester Magnum is going to give you a distinct advantage over the 308, like indisputable. Um advantage over the 308 in that area. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. So I know you used a 6x e for one. What'd you use for the other one? 300 Wism. Did you really? Okay. Yeah,
2: the one that I shot at 400. Yeah, was a 300 Wism. So, so again, I mean, talk about cartridges
0: yeah, on polar opposite sides but, of the scale. Yeah,
2: opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, doing the same job.
0: Yeah, I mean that 6x e though. That's a thoroughbred long range mm-hmm. round, right? So you were using bullets designed to operate in that space effectively. Uh, and you were using a rifle system designed to operate in that space effectively, and so that that was a good pairing right and from a, a game weight size constitution uh perspective, certainly an adequate cartridge mm-hmm.
2: right now I would say like if we were to go if I was to go again or if we were to go like I would select a cart i would likely select a cartridge that was like i i mean i'd i'd be hard pressed not to take a six five creed sure. Yep. Um I think six Creed would be an excellent yep. cartridge for that. As as would um,
0: seven Rem Meg, seven PRC, two seventy short meg, two seventy Winchester, flatter shooting, mm-hmm. higher stepping cartridges.
2: I'm going into that hunt with a s with a scope that I can and sure. will dial. Yep. Dialed both those shots on, on those deer. Mm-hmm. Um, HSLRs. Yes. Classic. One was a classic f- Four to sixteen and one was a six to twenty four. Classic Boardman. Uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, so like you said, our, our ramblings, our musings, you know, one thing again, just pointing out bullet construction. When I, when I look at these two gels yeah. at 100 yards yeah. with a 150 grain out of the... Uh, 160,
0: trof- 160 in the Trophy Copper. Oh, excuse me. A 165.
2: One, and 165 in the Trophy trophy Copper and 180 yeah. out of the uh, 300 Win Mag at 100 yards. Yep. I am when I look at the gel... I physically cannot see much difference between the two. Correct.
0: A lot that we can't see though. It's that third dimension of terminal performance. Yes. Third dimension.
2: We've entered the third dimension, everybody. Uh I think that does it. Cool. I can't twist my brain up with this stuff anymore. Uh always interesting to uh to do this. To you know, we do the video portion and then I guess this is video as well, but uh then we get to uh
0: I want to answer a question. Think further. What? Can we make a case? Because I think th- these debates are they are very difficult.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I don't want people... If anybody listened this far, they think we're planting a flag and one of these is a true victor. No. No. They're both really good. Mm-hmm. If you want a lighter rifle, a more manageable rifle, and an adequate rifle, pick a three oh eight Winchester. It is outstanding for North American big game. Um, if you need a longer range application. If recoil doesn't bother you, if horsepower is a requirement for hunting large cervids, elk, moose, caribou, or if you're gonna be like Mark and And you know what, even even if you shoot it well and and it gives you peace of mind. Yep.
2: Confidence is a, a big deal.
0: Three hundred one meg. There you go. All right. There
2: you have it, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh yeah, if you have any thoughts, questions, hit us in the comments below. Uh give the podcast a review. Yeah. We like those. And uh, until next time, happy hunting and shooting. Hopefully you found some of this information valuable. We'll catch you on the next one. See
0: you. There you have it, folks. Thank you very much for listening. As usual, give this video a like if you liked it, comment something below and give us a subscribe to the Vortex Nation podcast channel. It would mean a lot to
2: us. Also, why don't you give us a follow over on Instagram while you're at it at Vortex Nation
0: podcast. We'd love to hear from you over there and we'll keep you updated with all kinds of cool photos and videos from our adventures that we do here. Otherwise, we will see you on the next one. Thank you again. Happy hunting and shooting, everybody. Have a good one.